Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at Ephesians 5. I'm going to read five verses, actually, verses 15 to 20. And I believe if you're following along in the daily lectionary, uh, the daily lectionary picks up in verse 18. So I backed up just a couple because I think there's some good contextual work to be done here. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Father, I pray that you would give us insight into these verses today, Lord, as we uh, engage your word wherever it is that we are. Um, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul says a few things here that I want to put before you for your consideration. I think as we seek to be renewed in our spirits, to ask the Lord's softening work, his leavening work, specifically the work of the Holy Spirit, to come to us, I think a passage like this really, really has something to say. So the first thing that Paul says is be careful then how you live. And y'all, this is a theme if you read the book of Ephesians. Um, we simply are not invited to do whatever comes natural to us. And many of us during, during the last year, we found that our native instincts have got us in a lot of trouble. Americans are uh, splitting with marriage partners now, uh, mired in um, drinking more than we should, binge watching TV and then being frustrated when there's nothing else there. Uh, this season of extended stress has really, for many of us, revealed some cracks in our foundation. And what Paul here is saying to the church in Ephesus is really what the Lord would say to us. He's saying, be careful. Approach your life with care. And that means sometimes stepping back and asking questions around the trajectory uh, of your life. Where, where are you headed? And I would just say to you that a really good exercise for you is to occasionally, um, I would argue regularly, step back and say, where am I headed? Where are my closest relationships going? And what responsibility do I have in those relationships? How am I doing with regard to my appetites, the way that I'm living my life, what I'm thinking about, what I'm working on? See, Paul's word about the time, about time is very interesting. The, the, the word that he says about making the most of the time has a connotation of buying back time or redeeming time. And I love that idea because what Paul is basically saying is things are slipping away from you, but they don't have to. You can buy it back. But without contemplation, without reflection, we won't know to buy back the time. So much of it will slip away that we won't know how to redeem it. But y'all, there's an invitation in front of each and every one of us to redeem time. And I would just say to you that drift is a real danger, the kind of slow deterioration, the erosion of our, of our foundation because we don't actually stop and think. That's a real threat for each and every one of us. And in some ways, in many respects, I think the last year has been a, a significant threat when it comes to the drift of time, the loss of time. 
So a huge aspect connected to redeeming time is connected to resisting our tendency toward passivity. And if we're honest, adopting a passive approach to life and a passive approach to trouble or difficulty is a real danger for many of us. So it might be good to ask this question. Where have you fallen asleep in your life? Where have you lost ground and maybe not even noticed it? See, today is a good day to begin to ask God to move in your heart um, and to move you toward a proper use or a redemptive use of time. See, God wants to give us new life. He wants your life to be full of opportunity, but your life is not full of unlimited opportunity. So we have to be redemptive when it comes to time. It's interesting that another thing that Paul highlights in this passage is uh, connected to relational opportunities. Toward the end of our passage, Paul speaks of singing and making melody within the context of community. And it's, it's important, I think, to note that the church in Ephesus, that they were struggling with division and strife, not unlike the church today in America is very divided. Maybe we're more overtly divided at this season than we've ever been. Politics, race, how to view church, how to view a pandemic. And so in Ephesus, Paul has spent a lot of time focusing on relationships. And so when he says, make the most of the time and be careful, that has a lot to do with how we approach our human relationships. When we're not careful, and I, and I want you to think about that word careful, full of care, in our relationships, we leave room for evil. But we do this all the time. We hold on to anger because it gives us a sense of power. We hold grudges. We keep score. We feel betrayed or scorned, and so we shut down or build walls up. This is what we do. And so Paul's words about time and wisdom and evil days likely have as much to do with our relating to one another as with any external sin or threat. Y'all, how you live your life in your most intimate relationships says so much about the direction and trajectory of your life. The same is true for me, for all of us. So this is an opportunity to look at our lives. See, God wants us to be in a real place. And it's only when we enter into reality, which is contemplation around what's really going on, that God can move. And so maybe one of the invitations in front of us today is to do some evaluative work so that we can live in a real space and say, God, I need your help in this real part of my life. Maybe there's a particular relationship with a partner, a friend, a coworker, a child, a parent, a spouse, a neighbor where the Lord would say there's something here where the enemy has come in. It's really important for us to acknowledge what's broken before the Lord can come in. And this leads me to the third thing that Paul points to, and it's not disconnected from what I just said. We must reject cheap escapes. So Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. And the reason why he says that is that booze is a numbing agent. It's a substitute for joy and peace. It's a substitute for harmony and relationships. One of the reasons why um, so many people drink in the evening until they've numbed themselves is that they don't know how to interact with the people that they're sharing a home with, friends, family members, whomever. And so I would just ask you this, to, to heed Paul's words about not being drunk, rather than turning that into a legalism around whether alcohol is good or not. And I would argue it's, this is not primarily an apologetic against alcohol. Uh, Paul told actually Timothy elsewhere to take wine for his stomach. So this is not an anti-alcohol as Christians text. That, that's, you just can't get there biblically, um, period, but for sure not with Paul. What Paul is saying is check your escapist tendencies. So where do you tend to escape? Where do you check out when things are hard, specifically in relationships? 
It doesn't have to be limited to booze. Uh, indulging yourself in pornography, um, drug addiction, 12 hours of Netflix at a time to escape reality. See, God doesn't want us to be the kinds of people who trade in authentic for cheap escape and counterfeit. So I would just ask you to think about your life and where are you prone to escape? Where are you settling for a cheap substitute? See, what Paul is saying here is don't manufacture a substitute for real peace and joy. Don't try to fabricate the benefit that you're supposed to experience when you're in harmony with God and other people. Admit where things are off and look at the substitutes and ask God to forgive you for choosing and settling for substitutes instead of the real deal. So what's the real deal? It's the last movement in the passage that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. I find it so interesting that Paul here says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's making a correlation there. He's saying essentially that euphoric high, that sense of ease and well-being, that sense of convivial joy that you experience when you're drunk, you can have those things when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but without the negative effects, without the hangover, if you will. And I love that he ends with this saying, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves. And I think there's something really interesting here. Um, We worship, we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms would have been the book of psalms, like scripture. Hymns would have been songs that included truth. And spiritual songs would have been songs of devotion connected to our heart response to God. He's basically saying you'll be rooted in scripture. You'll think strong and clear thoughts. And you will sing from your heart with devotion and love when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Y'all, God wants us to be fully awake. He wants our hearts and our lives to be integrated, engaged in him. He wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we enter into the the last days of the Lenten season, moving into uh, this beautiful season of Easter, we are going to be the kinds of people who are going to increasingly say, come Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you to pray that prayer in your own walk with God, because the Lord wants to fill you in such a way that you'll no longer settle for cheap substitutes. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for your grace. I ask for your goodness, your mercy to be with them and for them. I ask you to carry us, Lord, and we pray with the ancient church, come Holy Spirit, fill us. Amen. Amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm